0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaVerge on Faith Radio.
0: It's gonna Good morning. All right. Where in the word are you today? I'm going to repeat that question several times, but go ahead and put a marker. uh, Put a marker right there. Where in the word are you today? It is the 8th of November uh, 2023. It's a Tuesday. No, it's not. It's a Wednesday. Sorry. It's a Wednesday. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Where in the word are you today? Diving into, soaking in, saturating our lives with the Scriptures is essential. It's absolutely essential to growing in grace, becoming spiritually mature, understanding the times in which we live. Like, seriously, if you look around um, and you're not looking through the lens of the Scriptures, you're not looking through uh, the lens of an understanding of what is actually unfolding and happening over the course of history, um, yeah, you're likely to be discouraged and dismayed. So where in the word are you today? Gaining God's perspective on the days in which we live, being equipped for God's calling in your life. I'll ask again, where in the word are you today? And for those of you listening who said, what is she talking about? Well, the Bible is the word of God. What does that mean? And if the Bible is the word of God and it means what it says, then what does that mean for you and for me and for the world and everyone in it? Let's talk about the Bible for just a moment. Some, for some, this will be like a refresher, and I hope it serves as refreshment. For others, maybe this is the first time that you've really thought about what it means to say, to believe, that the Bible is the Word of God. So the Bible is a unique book. It is not merely a book. The Bible is the Word of God, and through it, God speaks today through that which he has already spoken Now, that's pretty unusual, don't you think? It is the living word of God. God is speaking through the Bible today, through that which he has already spoken. The Bible has endured more attacks by the enemies of God than any other resource of any kind in all of history. Um, From the days of the Roman Empire, skeptics have sought to dampen its influence, destroy its testimony. Voltaire was a French influencer. He died in 1778. Uh, he said, <laughs> it's interesting that I have to tell you who, who he was, where he lived, and when when he lived, because after all, he is dead um, and long gone. But the, the comment that he made about the Bible is worth remembering, even if Voltaire is not. All right, Voltaire once said uh, that in a hundred years, the Bible would be forgotten. Well, we have news for Voltaire, do we not? Voltaire said that copies would only be found in museums within 100 years. Imagine how surprised he would be to learn that the Bible remains the best-selling book of all time. There are now more than 6 billion Bibles that have been printed since the invention of the printing press in 1436. In 2022 alone, more than 35.5 million Bibles were printed and distributed worldwide. Think about that for just a moment. 35.5 million Bibles printed and distributed worldwide last year. Not to mention all the people that are now accessing the Bible online or via um, uh, apps like UVersion. No book even comes close to the Bible. So you're going to see like all sorts of like bestseller lists and, you know, books of the year list. Everybody's going to make their, you know, list of books for 2023. The Bible, the Bible, if people were really honest, would top them all. No book comes close. Colleen Hoover, who I'll just confess, I do not know, but Colleen Hoover is an author. And books written by Colleen Hoover sold nearly 10 million copies in 2022 alone. Just Think about that. that that's extraordinary. That's actually almost hard to believe. And that was over the course of, um, like, six different titles. Ten million copies, though, for one author. That's pretty extraordinary. Doesn't even come close to the Bible. Earlier this year, uh, something called the Codex Sassoon, a ninth-century copy of the Old Testament, sold for $38.1 million. The Bible is precious. Certainly not rare. There's lots of copies. But it's precious. It's indescribably valuable. People will go to extraordinary lengths to have a copy of one page. So again, where in the word are you today? And as you consider getting yourself into the word of God, maybe you're one of those people who says, well, what am I going to get out of it? <laughs> if I'm going to get myself into the word of God, what am I going to get out of it? Our growing your faith verse of the day comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God, useful to teach what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. The Bible has a lot to say about itself. Yeah, here in 2 Timothy, you know, it, it's God-breathed. Hebrews 4.12, it's living and active. Jeremiah 23.29, it's powerful and influential. Read Psalm 19 if you want to understand how the Bible, the Word of God, leads to joy um, provides light for our paths, food for our souls. Um, I mean, on and on and on. It's a spiritual weapon. It guards us against self-seeking. It's an instrument of purification. It's God's offer of counsel. It testifies to the truth. It accomplishes that for which God sends it forth, always and in all ways. It's absolutely worthy and trustworthy. It's an anchor um, of truth in the midst of a world of lies. Where in the word are you today? Our friend Daryl Crouch is going to join us from everyone's Wilson. We like to unpack with him uh, how we live the word of God, how we live the living word. And so that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right. How many um, requests for charitable donations do you think you're going to get between now and the end of the year? Uh, Mine have already started arriving. I think that some must have been been, like keyed to the 1st of November um, but this is going to be during this month of Thanksgiving and in the lead up to Christmas. You're going to hear from every, uh, not just your local church, but from every charitable um, organization out there. Um, this is the time of year when, you know, everyone has their hand out because uh, that is how ministries are funded. And so how are you going to discern? How are you going to make those choices? Each and every one of us has, uh, has a limit to what we can give. Um, but we may have more resources available to give than we have um, than we have considered Daryl Crouch is joining us he uh heads up an organization called everyone 's wilson he 's a pastor uh, and I thought this would be a good conversation for us to have today so good morning daryl
2: good morning carmen it 's a great conversation i don 't know that i 've ever had this conversation uh so directly so it's it 's a it 's a great topic
0: yeah, so I already got um a catalog um you know from, uh, at least one organization that's inviting me to, you know, buy a beehive or a goat or, uh, you know, a couple of chickens, like, right. Those catalogs have already started to arrive. My alternative gift catalog shopping could begin. Um, I could buy a whole arc if I, uh, if I so desired. Um, but I also got increased requests for, um, for child sponsorship around the world. I've already received requests for, uh, displaced people in a number of environments, Talk with us about how, like, how we discern how to steward the resources God has placed under our management.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And I want to begin by saying while we, we get all of those and we through email and through uh, regular mail and uh, even at our church, as you mentioned earlier, what a beautiful thing. I mean, we talk about mm. so many things that are not good in the world and uh, that are kind of sideways and destructive and sinful and evil and uh, oppressive and unjust. Uh, But there are so many people who have committed their lives and so many organizations that have been built on uh, shining the light of the gospel, uh, sharing the hope of the gospel and doing good to people, for people and with people who need help. And so uh, when you get those requests, I think a, a, a posture of thankfulness, uh, an attitude of gratitude is, is really important. Uh, sometimes it can be overwhelming. No question about that. You give somebody $10 three years ago, and you're still on their list. And um, it can be a little overwhelming. So, so the questions are good. But I think our attitude of just saying, listen, what a beautiful expression uh, of the goodness of of people and the the work that they're doing around uh, the world and, and locally and around the world. And so that's first, I think also, uh, you mentioned this, that in the, in the, uh, setup that, uh, we may be able to do more than we think. We, we, I, I think having a, an attitude toward money that, that we are stewards, we are managers. This is not our money and, uh, this is God's money and he's given it to us to steward well. And so I want to be found faithful in that. Um, Certainly, I have responsibilities to my family um, and uh, to my church and to some people that are close to me. But I just think we we have to understand it as stewardship. Um, Thirdly, I would say that local church is first. If you're not plugged into a local church, connected to a local church, I would encourage you to find a local church uh, and give yourself through that local church into ministry. And um, and then when you give yourself, your obviously your money is going to follow that. And so there's some biblical um, admonitions, commands, uh, models for forgiving. Um, but I think your question is more to to beyond the local church, maybe. And um, and I just like I think there's some wonderful things around the world uh, that we can be a part of and that we should be a part of but I still think local wins. Um, I think um, uh, if, if we can find um, an expression of ministry in our local community that we relate to, that we connect to personally, that we have a heart for. Uh, I'm for world missions, and we, 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 we need to be engaged in that as well. Um, and Compassion International, wonderful. You may never meet those children. Um we you, you know, so we do a lot that's beyond ourselves, but I think uh, for this conversation, just to give consideration to some local uh, work that's happening that you can be a part of more than just once a year, and that you can have personal skin in the game and uh, that um, is creating sustainable futures, uh, you know, a sustainable future for for other people that you can be a part of maybe, with your time, as well as with your, with your treasure. And so anyway, those are a few thoughts. Uh, they're, they're not rules necessarily, but those are a few thoughts to get us started.
0: So those are really good. Um, I made a list while you were talking. Number one was celebrate, 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 dance to the music. Like, right. Like <laughs> let's celebrate. Let's um, absolutely, let's look at those impact statements. Let's read those impact stories. Let's listen to those impact testimonies. Let's celebrate changed lives. So um, in 2022, Americans gave just under $400 billion mm-hmm. to charitable organizations. Um, and that was, uh, that was a 10 percent, I mean, it, it adjusted for inflation, that was a 10 percent decrease in giving. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not celebrate wow. or let's not, you know, wring our hands that charitable giving dropped by 10 percent last year. Let's absolutely have a jaw-dropping celebration mm-hmm. that Americans gave $500 billion with a B to charity last year, to charitable organizations yeah. and charitable causes. So let's celebrate, let's celebrate changed lives. Let's, chel- let's celebrate people who were fed, um, you know, mothers who were blessed, um, you know, people, I mean, just uh, go down the list. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Let's just celebrate, let's celebrate. Um, and then let's pray. Let's pray yeah. for the ongoing needs everywhere. Let's pray for the concerns of God Um, Let's pray God's heart. Let's pray that we have our eyes and our hearts opened to the needs that God has given us the resources to meet. Um, And then we'll talk about evaluating not only our resources, but evaluating the opportunities uh, before us in terms of the distribution of those resources in the days in which we live for all the good that God intends to accomplish. So just think about that for just a moment if you're listening. What can you celebrate every time you get one of those Um, catalogs, one of those appeals, a ministry message from someone. Could you just receive it as an opportunity to celebrate, like celebrate that God's people are on the front lines of whatever that particular need is? Um, Instead of saying, oh my goodness, I got seven of these in the mail today um, and casting them as quickly as possible into the trash because you're trying to alleviate your own guilt. Um, right? don't don't do that. Like, take a moment and consider the stories. Look at the faces. Um, you know, pray, pray over the names. This is an opportunity to to pray and celebrate and acknowledge God's goodness, God's grace, the expanse of God's influence in the world through so many Christians deployed in so many places doing so much good. So we're going to continue this conversation with our friend Daryl Crouch in just a moment. Um, you, like me, are getting a lot of Thanksgiving and Christmas year-end request for help and donations how do we discern through all of the options available how do we discern um who and how and where to help continuing the conversation here on Mornings with Carmen thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen as you know this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day there is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Hey, Rick is on the text line. Good morning, Rick. Rick says, good morning, Carmen. Bless you and everyone at Faith Radio. Have a blessed day. Thank you, brother, for speaking that word of blessing over us. We're here with Daryl Crouch, our friend from Everyone's Wilson. If you um, you're thinking about how to impact your local community, how to get um, churches, people of faith, and nonprofits, uh, as well as people who serve the common good in you know in the public sector, if you're looking for models of how other people are doing it in other places. How is somebody doing it in one place in terms of getting all of those resources gathered together and all of that energy focused on the common good? Everyone's Wilson is doing that. So everyoneswilson.org. We're talking today about all of those requests that you and I are going to get, probably have already started giving if, or getting, receiving. If you're like me, um, the requests have begun to arrive. I know I got one from our local um, uh, union mission, um, they are planning on you know how they 're going to serve their Thanksgiving meal and how they are additionally going to do a food distribution um, as a supplement to that one meal on Thanksgiving day and so their giving requests have already started coming in in my own uh, in my own inbox. I have already received requests from a number of organizations that employ something called an alternative gift giving so like you can actually buy a cow a sheep a goat a hive of bees some chickens whatever a sewing machine um, for a person somewhere else who can then use that for what daryl beautifully described as a sustainable future so it's not giving someone a fish it's giving someone a fishing pole and a bucket of bait um so um those kinds of things like those requests have started to come in I feel very confident everybody is working on their plans for Giving Tuesday. Um, that's going to be the one-day year-end fundraiser here at Faith Radio. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I represent an organization that is, that is going to be inviting you to consider a year-end gift. How are you going to evaluate all of those requests? How are you going to celebrate the impact that those ministries are making, absolutely celebrate what God is doing around the world and in your own community, and then how are you going to decide? We've talked about... Um, uh, first, like, local is first. Church, your local church is first among the local things, and then local is first. So where are you giving yourself? Let your financial giving follow the giving of yourself. Um, I think that is wonderful. Like, places and spaces where you have personal skin in the game, those are good places for your dollars to follow. Um, and then I love this standard of evaluating is, you know, is this creating a sustainable future? I, I love that question as well. Um what other thoughts, Daryl, do you have in terms of this evaluative process? Um, how, how do you go about evaluating where, where to give? I mean, you've been, God has placed you as a steward. All of the resources belong to him. How, you know, how do you judge, like, the question of stewardship?
2: Yeah, I really do think we, we have to drill down, um, every dollar matters. And so we just throwing money away or throwing money at things is not very helpful for anyone. And so I think you do want to drill down in a couple of ways. First, you want to, I think there's some self-evaluation and some, 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 uh, sincere and deliberate prayer that's really involved for serious Christians who, who want to make a difference, um, when when we think about what how we want to uh, join Jesus's kingdom work, I, I just think it's it's more than simply placating a a, a friend or a or a, an associate or someone we're familiar with who's raising money. I, I think we have to be able to say no to some good things, but only after we've given serious consideration to what God has called us to. And I know that sounds a little bit abstract, but I just think we have to slow down a little bit. You mentioned throwing all the solicitations in the trash pretty quickly. I think we just need to slow down a minute and think really what, what are we about and what Mm -hmm. do we want to be about in terms of the father's business? And then I do think we want to drill down into the actual organization. What is the organization doing that is so compelling to you God has put something on your heart. He's put a dream in your heart. He's put convictions in your life. How is this organization helping you do the good and the kingdom work that God has put in your heart to do? Nonprofits don't exist um, for themselves. They exist to help you do the good that God has called you to do. Uh, They don't, uh, again, uh, they're not, they're there to help you. To, to prop you up and to uh, open doors and opportunities for you to make a difference in the world. And so how is that nonprofit doing that, uh, whether it's in children's services or in uh, food ministries and sustainable livelihood, uh, workforce development, uh, on and on it goes, uh, drug addiction and mental health issues. It could be that God has brought some things into your life and he says, I want you to be involved in this space. And so the nonprofit then becomes a vehicle for you to do the good he's put on your heart to do. And that will mean uh, that you're going to say no to probably 90 percent of the solicitations you get. Um, You you can be generous as you want and you've got to pray through all that. But in terms of the ones that you're going to really engage with, I I just think you've got to ask, are they doing a good job? in helping me do what God has called me to do or my family to do or my church to do. Churches partner with nonprofits all the time. And sometimes it's a, it's, it's a, it's a placation. Here's, here's a little money every year. I hope you do great. Uh, that, that's not very helpful. Uh, I mean, it money's better than no money, I guess, but, uh, you really want a church to say, listen, this nonprofit is helping us do the things in the community and around the world. That God has called us to do, and so I think that's the same is true for an organ uh, for an individual to say, God's called me to this this nonprofit. I've checked them out. I've looked at their their track record. I believe in their leadership, and and I'm going to come beside them. And I'm actually going to partner with them, not just give money, but I'm going to partner with them in prayer, uh, in influence, in relational connectivity, and in finances. And I'm going to encourage my friends and family and church. To do the same. And so you're giving yourself, not just your money.
0: So, um, a couple of thoughts here. Um, and this is probably a conversation, Daryl, that you and I could swing back around to because I do think that we, you know, the only times people even hear this talked about at all is probably during quote unquote stewardship season. And so mm-hmm. they just, They just don't go to church for those few weeks because they don't want to hear those sermons. So (laughs) don't tell um, me that, Carl. Don't tell me that. I'm just just telling you that's pretty much how it goes. So um, (laughs) I just want to say a few things if you're listening right now in terms of like how you like literally think about your money. And and, and so here's a couple of thoughts. Are you just like, you know, dropping a tip in the plate? Okay. So, like, you know, the change that's in your pocket in the, um, you know, in the red bucket to the bell ringer, that is one thing. That's a tip. Right, that's just like you know the, the the loose change. There's another way of approaching giving, and that is from you know from the spirit of investment. So you're actually going to look at making a substantial investment upon which you can actually track the return. Um, so how how do you think about your charitable giving? Giving is it like tips, literally like oh I got a buck here and the I got a buck here on the console left over from you know the burger that I got that was on sale, um, or are you actually like strategically thinking about the the resources, and that's not just cash, right? Like the resources over which God has placed you as a steward, as a manager, and how are you using those for kingdom advancement? How how are you investing the resources God has placed under your stewardship, under your management, and how are you leveraging those for the advancement of the kingdom? That is different than what kind of change am I gonna drop in a bucket on my way through the door? Um, are you giving from your cash or are you giving from your wealth? Have you ever even considered that conversation. If all you've ever done is given out of your cash, then I'm going to consider, I'm going to encourage you today to consider what it looks like to plan strategically to give out of your wealth, out of your, out of the barns, out of what you've stored up, right? Once you're dead and gone, trust me when I tell you, it's not going with you. So what kind of investment do you want to make now in the kingdom advancement? And then there's something called heritage giving, where you give to those organizations, those churches, those entities that have meant a lot to you and your family in bringing you to the place you are now. So that's heritage giving. Then there's legacy investing. What are those ministries that are really accelerating the kingdom into the future where you want to make a legacy investment? Heritage are the things you, your faith is built upon. Legacy are the things for which you are going to be um, remembered. And you might say to yourself, well, I don't want to be remembered for anything. Well, p- please don't be remembered for the fact you didn't give it away. Like, let, let's not get um, to that day and be like, oh, look at the accumulated resources this person amassed over the course of their life. No, let's remember you for all of the lives that were radically changed by your generosity. That would be my encouragement to you as you consider all of those requests for giving that are going to come in between now and the end of the year. Daryl, as always, buddy, thank you so much for joining us. What a privilege. What a pleasure.
2: Uh, it's always a joy. Uh, thanks for all you're doing.
0: Just love it, man. Uh, well, there you go. You got a stewardship sermon. Uh, you didn't even have to go to church to get it. Uh, that's Mornings with Carmen today. little stewardship message. Um, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, Advent, Christmas, New Year's, the holiday season is upon us. For a lot of folks, maybe for you, there is a loss you are still grieving. You have some unresolved grief that you're carrying into the holidays. How are you going to deal with that? How are you going to cope with that? We're going to talk with Sam Hodges next um, grief during the holidays. Here's Carmen. All right, as you uh, consider the prospect of holiday cards and decorating and shopping and cooking and gathering and all of those holiday events. Are you grieving in the midst of it this year? I am. I got a note from a friend who asked, was asking for prayer and she said, "Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lamenting Thanksgiving in advance. My grandma always made the pies. My grandpa always carved the Turkey and they're both gone now. I'm not sure I even have the energy to decorate and I certainly don't want to shop. My dad is sad. My mom is basically vacant. There's not enough of me to carry their grief too. I barely know what to do with my own. I feel so guilty that I'm not making the holidays all they're supposed to be for my own kids. Please pray for me. Sam Hodges is joining us now. Um, Grief Share is a wonderful resource, and I wanted to remind you of it again this year. Sam, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
1: Hey, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um. The holidays are particularly difficult for people who are not just experiencing new grief, but sort of unresolved grief over the years. Like the the holidays tend to be this really strong reminder of who's not there. Can you just speak to the reality of, of grief among us?
1: Yeah, um, I, I, you're exactly right. The holidays for many people are a time of happiness, celebration, excitement. Uh, people look forward to it. Uh, But if you've lost a loved one, um, as you you mentioned, they can just be very, very painful because they remind us so much of what we've lost. Family is such a central theme around the holidays. So much of the holidays is spent with family and loved ones. And when they're not there, uh, it just creates a lot of challenges. And uh, like the note that you read, the prayer request from the lady, um, there are people who feel guilty. Um, They don't know what to do. They don't have energy and um, they're just um, really not looking forward to the holiday season. And so, um, you know, we as a ministry uh, wanna partner with churches to help them offer uh, what we call surviving the holidays events. And uh, these are one, one afternoon or one evening events that you can offer to people in your community uh, to help them find Christ-centered support uh, to deal with the pain and the grief going through the holiday season
0: so um how does first of all let's just go ahead and tell people how they connect with this grief share dot o r g grief dot o r g um why why is gathering together and um and sharing and processing so important like why why can't I just do that on my own like you know want just to be alone yeah, in well, my grief
1: yeah, that's a great question, a lot of people um feel like they're going crazy when they're grieving, because um, we don't prepare people in our culture for grief. And so often people are surprised by how they feel, and people are afraid to talk about it. And so when you get with other people who have or are going through the same uh, same thing, it's really helpful. It normalizes uh, your experience, and you're with people who want to listen. Again, they know what you're going through. They can relate, and that can be very, very encouraging. And so what we found is that by bringing people together and not only just letting them talk, but by providing them with Christ-centered uh, insights and tips on how to deal with the holidays, it can really be uh, a transformative, a very helpful um, experience for people who are dealing with grief during the holiday season.
0: When you think about just like really, uh, Sam, just really, really practical Um, ways of reaching out to somebody who I know is grieving like how do I go about sharing grief share with somebody who I perceive to need it like does that does that even sound odd to say like there's a person who's kind of disappeared they've 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 gone into the shadows Um, can I invite them to grief share and if so like uh, are there appropriate ways to do that
1: Yes. Um, you, ju- you know, you just want to tell people about the event and um, what you can do. You can do a little bit of the work for the person. You can visit griefshare.org and uh, you can go to griefshare.org slash holidays. Um, specifically, if you're looking for a surviving the holidays event and you'll be able to put in your zip code or that person's zip code and find groups that are meeting uh, in the area. Um, You can also find groups that are meeting online. And so then when you talk to the person, you could just let them know about the experience, let them know that you think it might be helpful. And one thing you can even offer to do is even go to the group with them. Mm. Uh, That might give the person uh, the courage they need to step out. Uh, And so um, there are lots of things you can do, but it's just a simple invite. And you can send a person to griefshare.org forward slash holidays. And they can find out more information about the event as well. And when they're and and what basically what happens at an event, uh, people come together. uh, They watch a short uh, thirty-minute video uh, that features you know top Christian experts, pastors, authors, other Christian mental health professionals, and people who have been through grief during the holidays. Believers who are explaining why um, they have hope and how they made it. And so people receive really practical tips on how to. Uh, how to plan for the holidays, uh, helpful tips to keep them from overcommitting, again, helping them to understand uh, that what they're going through is normal, but also uh, really explores uh, the true meaning of Christmas and how ultimately that gives people hope during the holiday season.
0: So I um, I just love some of the comments that are posted at Grief Share. And let me just encourage you, You know, even if you haven't lost a loved one this year, if you've got some unprocessed grief from the past, like this is this is for you as well. Griefshare.org slash holidays. Uh, And and I just I want to celebrate like we could inadvertently put pressure on ourselves to do what other people think we should. So there's the expectations thing. Like I imagine that everybody has all of these expectations of me and of the day and of the meal and of whatever else. Um I just love this comment. There's complete liberty to say I can't do that this year. Um that is so liberating. That right there is so liberating and I you know I think that knowing what people's expectations are is really important. That's another one of the comments here um on um on the grief share website like right? It's important to have a family huddle at the holidays so that I know What is important to each person, like what really matters, what are their expectations, and then it's okay if you can't meet all those expectations, if you can't get all of that done, it is okay to say, I can't do that this year. So maybe we should all practice saying that to ourselves right now um, as we anticipate everything that is coming in the next several weeks. I can't do that this year. I know that's an expectation that you have. I know that is something that you really value, and i I see that I know that I can't do that this year. It's an okay thing to say um Sam, I think that's very empowering. Um I also think that the the doing the things that we can do, like right, if there's a particular recipe, if somebody is like uh it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without I don't know, grandma's jello salad that nobody ever ate anyway, but it still has to be on the table. So who's going to make that? And get the recipe out and share it with somebody and let somebody else do do that part. Let somebody else become the person who starts bringing the jello salad that grandma already, that grandma always made. Or, you know, let, let each person coming take responsibility for one particular side item. Um, and you say to yourself, well, you know, mom always made everything. Well, great mom's not here. So now let's divvy it up and everybody do one part of what mom used to do. And maybe it is each person bringing their their favorite thing that mom made. Um, it, just those kinds of things, right? I mean, that's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it is. And one of the things we encourage people to do is to really uh, maintain your flexibility during the holiday seasons. And like you said, to communicate, we encourage people to write a grief letter and send that out to people by email, uh, by mail, just letting people know how you're doing and what they can expect of you, what's realistic. And, you know, as it relates to being flexible, we tell people that, you know, it's really important to let others know that you don't know how you're going to feel on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And so you would just like the flexibility uh, to be able to bow out and not commit to being there the whole day. And that can provide a measure of um, control to the person, and they don't feel overwhelmed. Is that they've got to stay there uh, if their emotions, you know, overwhelm them during the day. They've got a way out, and we also encourage people, you know, if they are going to go somewhere with someone, to have a friend to go with them uh, who can kind of be a shield and help them, uh, so they can, you know, excuse help them excuse themselves from uh, an event or a get together. So I call that ahead, the wingman. Somebody, take a
0: wing. Take take yeah, a wingman.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having somebody with you can really be helpful at holiday parties and even family events.
0: So um, let me just go ahead and say, if you're a grandparent, um, take a grandkid with you because they, first of all, they're so much fun. Um, they will add a generational component to virtually anything you've been invited to, and they totally give you an early out. Absolutely <laughs> 100%, they give you an early out every time. And if you ask them to... I mean, you know, they'll they'll do things for you and with you that you you wouldn't ask anybody else to do. But it's totally fun to do with them. And so, um, you know, if it's been a long time since you have sat on Santa's lap, but that's something that you really want to do, well, you take a grandkid with you, and then you get to do it. So there you go. Um, all kinds of ways of of finding um, finding ways through the holidays, and that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about find, navigating our way through the holidays, um, in years that are marked by grief. We're going to continue this conversation with Sam Hodges. Maybe you have got an idea. What is something that you have done in the past or um, that you know has been helpful to someone else as they have navigated grief in the holidays? You can always text me, 877 2484 You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge, host of Mornings with Carmen time together as people of faith is so important, and together we can make a positive impact. So Faith Radio is ready to hit the road. Would your community be a good fit for a Faith Radio live event full of encouragement and togetherness that we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds? Nominate your community for a live Faith Radio event at myfaithradio.com, and I hope to get to see you soon. All right, we're continuing our conversation with Sam Hodges, at GriefShare.org. For those of you who are asking about other kinds of losses, GriefShare is um, for those who are grieving the loss of someone through death. Um, it, it is not designed for the other kinds of losses that we experience in life, the death of a relationship, the death, um, the death of financial independence, the death of physical independence. All of those are griefs as well. So, Sam, can you touch on that? Can you um, give us a sense of sort of the the boundaries of the grief share group and experience?
1: Yeah, I I think you you said it perfectly. It's for people who've lost a loved one uh, to death. And there's other forms of grief out there. uh, But grief share is for those who've lost someone to the death of a loved one. And uh, one other thing I wanted to point out is that, you know, in addition to inviting individuals to Surviving the Holidays events, you know, you can also as an individual or as a church host a Surviving the Holidays event and it's a wonderful opportunity to introduce people to the care and the comfort that can only be found in Jesus Christ and so we want pastors, we want people in local churches to see this as a powerful outreach opportunity. Every year we have over a million people searching for help and it really intensifies during the holiday season. And so um, we need more and more churches to partner with us to offer these groups. This year we'll have about 5,000 groups, but we need 10 times more because there's so much grief. And so if your church or you as an individual are interested in hosting a group and there's still time to do it this year, I'd encourage you to visit griefshareorg forward slash surviving griefshare.org forward slash surviving. And there you can find out what you need to know about how to get started. It's very it's, it's very easy to do. And we have coaches who will help you get it going, materials to help you promote the event. And you can even offer these groups online. Uh, so there are multiple ways to reach people in your community who are hurting. And then there's an opportunity to draw them to your church, uh, to continue to minister to them. And the other thing I would say about the holidays, you know, we're we're focused on, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year's and the pain associated with those. But people who've lost loved ones uh, have multiple events throughout the year, particularly the first two years after the death of a loved one. They're very difficult. You think about Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, birthdays, anniversaries, graduations. These are times where family would normally come together. And again, it can be very, very painful. And that's why we also offer groups like Grief Share and divorce care, which are 13 week groups that churches can offer year round uh, to help people who are dealing with grief. And so, you know, if your church doesn't have the opportunity to mobilize, you know, this year to be able to help people who are dealing with grief, no that uh, the pain is something that people experience, again, year-round, and they need your help. And so you can meet that need with grief share and divorce care. And uh, those those ministries, again, point people to Christ, a wonderful outreach opportunity. And we want to partner with more and more churches who have that vision to reach people with the comfort of Christ.
0: That's so good. All right, uh, Sam, uh, here are some uh, some ideas that have been pitched out Um, the first, uh, the first Thanksgiving after my uncle died, we went ahead and set a place for him. We put one of his flannel shirts across the back of the chair. Um, and at each place, we put a picture of my uncle with the person who was going to be sitting there. So I guess in like in, in lieu of place cards, right, they put, they put the picture of their uncle with that person. And so I guess Mm -hmm. if you're Bobby and you walk up to the table and you're like, where am I sitting? Well, there's the picture. And then I guess they told stories. We went around and we told the stories of either that day or another special memory and it helped um it helped each of us. So I love that. Yeah. That's very sweet.
1: Yeah, I love that too. It's you know, it's really important for for people who are grieving to let people know what would help you because a lot of times people are afraid because they don't want to upset you. They think that if they say something about it, uh about the person's death or his or her absence that you're gonna get really emotional and you're gonna cry and it's just gonna quote unquote ruin the, the day. And the, the the tragic thing is oftentimes people who've lost someone, they do want to talk about the person, but nobody knows because no one says anything. And so I love that idea. Um, and, and all that really takes is uh, someone just saying, hey, I would like to take some time uh, to honor Uncle Bob or, you know, Grandma Susan, and then having the family think through that and coming up with some really creative ways to do that.
0: Um anything that uh Sam you're like I just I feel like this is the thing that I wanted to say today that has not yet been said.
1: Yeah really it's just it's just the opportunity you know churches are really good at caring for hurting people that's that's just in 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 their DNA when people are hurting the church responds You know, small groups are designed to be able to help people. Uh, But at Church Initiative, what we want people to understand, particularly pastors, is that care ministry is an opportunity to really do outreach ministry. at scales, in particular, when you're using our materials, grief share and divorce care, because there's so many people that are hurting. And uh, there are approximately 3 million people who die in the U.S. each year. And typically there are you know, anywhere from five to nine people who are going to seriously grieve that loss. And so there are so many people out there who need help and they need the gospel and uh, gospel-centered truths that can help them. And so we just want to encourage pastors just to really see um, the, the powerful outreach opportunity that exists uh, when you reach people with care ministry uh, resources like Grief Share and Divorce Care. And if you're interested in learning more about that, you can find info at griefshare.org or divorcecare.org.
0: Yeah, so good. Divorcecare.org and griefshare.org. We've been talking today specifically about um, grief shares opportunities to gather um, uh, in anticipation of the holidays. There's a whole holiday help center. So in addition to, to um to the groups that are being offered and the opportunity to host an event. There there are videos, there are blog posts, there are resource lists. So there's a whole holiday help center for you at griefshare.org slash holidays. Um Sam, as always, thank you so much. Genuinely appreciate you joining us.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it too. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Bye. Absolutely. Okay, so let's be um, let's be sensitive during this season. Um, grieving with those who grieve. Those of you on the text line today, um, thank you for sharing your stories, your concerns, um, the ch- the ongoing challenges that some of you are facing, processing through griefs of various kinds. Um, thank you for that. Uh, in the spirit of grieving with those who are grieving today, um, I got a I got an update note from the family in Ukraine that, that we had hoped to host as a family. Um, displaced by the war there. And they are living in Utah with another family. And so we're grateful for that and grateful for those updates. Um, But they are missing home terribly. I mean, they're just missing home. And they also know that when they go back, it will be radically different. They don't know when the war in Ukraine is going to end. They don't know um, when they will be able to return home. But that's where their heart is, Like right? Their heart is still in Ukraine. And so let's be Let's be praying for people around the world who have been displaced by war. Obviously, screaming across the headlines today um, are those displaced by by the war in um, in the Holy Land. So the numbers this morning, the United Nations now estimates that 1.5 million Palestinians have been displaced in the last month. Um, Some 10,000 Palestinians have been killed. uh, And um, it's only going to get worse. You hear calls for a ceasefire. You also recognize that um, that is not likely to happen, not um, not anytime soon and not for any meaningful length of time. And so um, let's recognize that. Um, and let's be praying for those who are grieving today on all sides of every conflict and those who have been displaced by um, violence of, of every variety. Let's grieve with those who grieve. We've got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next.